Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the I'm on the fence about having neighbors edition. On the fence? <laughs> yes. I, I, I mean, mm. they serve a purpose. Neighbors? Yeah. Yeah, if like, you know, you're getting murdered in the middle of the night <laughs> and you're like, help, I'm getting murdered in the middle of the night, then it's, they're good to have. But mm. all other times, you know, it's, it's give or take. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> I don't even know my neighbors, so... Nope, neither do I. No New Yorker. No. If you're a New Yorker who knows your neighbors... How'd that happen? How did that... How does that work? (laughs) Are you being murdered? Were you being murdered? (laughs) Is that how you know them? That's the only way New Yorkers become neighbors. Seriously, yeah. That's (laughs) the only way. I've lived here for for six years, five, six years now. I have no fucking idea who anyone (laughs) in my building is. Born and raised in New York, and I probably, I only know maybe one neighbor out of my entire life. I think I know my neighbor's dog better than I know my neighbors. I could definitely describe the dogs in the neighborhood. But the people? No. Forget it. (laughs) Anyways. Back to the pod. <laughs> Today is episode 087. Good news, we may be alone in our galaxy, uh, but, oh. we're, but we're still trying to make contact. Why not? You know, we're, I mean, we are kind of constantly getting murdered <laughs> yes, by very, ourselves. We're very good at that. So it might be, it might be helpful to reach out and be like, hey. <laughs> or maybe we just need to work at work, you know. Work on our home. You know, what's that, what's that old saying? Work, fix, Work on fix your fucking house before you... <laughs> <laughs> before you I've uh... never heard the no. saying, I believe you. I wish someone had told me that a long time ago. <laughs> fix your own fucking house before you... <laughs> I don't know. Before you look for aliens? Yes. <laughs> I'm Jill Chacha. And I am... And I'm with uh, just the giddy, Marissa Riley. It's me. I'm so giddy. I <laughs> took a nap. It's a good day. It's solid, a good day. Solid, solid day. And it's a good fucking day. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. Um, I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. I yeah. still don't, but <laughs> I am so excited. I love some fucking space stuff. It is space stuff, and it's alien stuff. So I it's... love alien stuff. Just yeah. don't make me go to space. Yes. I'm never going to space. No. You guys do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm a, I am an Earthling. I am an Earthling, um, uh, born and raised, not yeah. to brag. Uh, <laughs> I'm staying here. Staying here. You can take naps, and uh, yeah, it's great, and not worry about stuff like breathing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, my friends, we have been reaching out to the stars since the 1970s. Yeah. Blasting signals into the deep crevices of our galaxy. And like hopeful little children waiting for a celestial being on Christmas Eve, we sit patiently waiting for anything, really. Yeah. What yeah. was that phrase you used? Deep crevices? That's right. I just wanted to highlight that really fast. <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> deep crevices of our galaxy. Oh, mm, sexy. <laughs> Over the past nine years alone, there have been four separate attempts slash studies, of which we're going to talk about in the first half of the show. They're super cool, but honestly, it's not a spoiler to say all of their conclusions make it feel as though we've been ghosted by the universe. Fair. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get it, universe. Yeah. We're 
Yeah, I get it. Real messed up. I get it. Lots of red flags. I get it. <laughs> so many. So fellow space junkies know this feeling or know what this feeling is called. It's called the Fermi Paradox. Very familiar. Have we talked about this before? Uh, not, I, I don't remember if we did on this podcast. It might have been an off-air yeah. conversation Combo. while we were drunk on uh, Manhattan's. That's right. Once drunk upon a time. Manhattan's and life and yeah. Manhattan's. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, our resident astronaut. That's me. Off the top of your head, what do you think it is or what do you remember from that Manhattan? Well... <laughs> Like I said, uh, I did, I, that does sound like a Manhattan conversation. Um, is it, okay, I'm probably wrong, but is it the feeling that we're alone? Or is it the concept that we are alone as far as intelligent life in the universe? Pretty goddamn close. That nice. is pretty fucking close. Nice. My friends, Italian physicist Enrico Fermi, who you may know as the creator of the world's first nuclear reactor, the unfortunately named Chicago Pile One. Yay, <laughs> yes. man. Chicago Pile One. Uh, you may also know him as the, quote, architect of the atomic bomb. Tough look for my friend Enrico. Yes, it's a tough <laughs> it's one. A tough look. Now, he had a small nervous breakdown one day. Um, uh, understandable. Yeah. yeah. Not because of the hell that was unleashed from his creation, but about aliens and intelligent life. Oh, <laughs> yes. really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and like most of us, he had this nervous breakdown at work during lunch. Relatable. Yes. Been there. Enrico. I think I was there today. <laughs> I see you, Enrico. <laughs> we both do. We see you. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, according to our buddy Wikipedia, what happened on this fateful day in 1950. I would love to talk about this. All right. Quote, after sitting down for lunch and when, oh, after sitting down for lunch and when the conversation had already moved on to many topics, Fermi suddenly blurted out, where is everybody? <laughs> Don't you ever wonder where everybody is? But where is everybody? Mm -hmm. A coworker and Hungarian-American physicist Edward Teller wrote in a letter, quote, the result of his question was general laughter because of the strange fact that in spite of Fermi's question coming out from the clear blue, everybody around the table seemed to understand at once that he was talking about extraterrestrial life. End quote. That's right. Um, I would not have thought that immediately. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. That's so... Yeah, it, I, I would have been thinking about myself. Yes. I, I'm right here. What do I'm you right. Mean? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I am everybody. Yeah. You, you, you got me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, but I'm an only child. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a, what a, I, what a thought, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people have this thought at some point. Oh, my God, yes. Um, I don't as often as I should because, like I said, I think about myself a lot. Yeah. But... You are here. That's enough. I am here. And that's, that's enough for me. At least. <laughs> uh, yes, my friends, this thought fart began a decades-long public conversation. Where is everyone? And finally put a name to this perplexing condition, the Fermi Paradox. Nice. As defined by Benjamin Taub of Live Science, the Fermi Paradox is, quote, the apparent discrepancy between our lack of contact with aliens and the high probability that extraterrestrial civilizations exist. End quote. Just rereading that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very complicated way of saying 
Yeah. Where is everybody? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Is yeah. That, exactly. Where, where, where the fucking alien? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Now, many, 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 many folks believe aliens are already here. Already here and or visiting and or have been abducting Cletus for decades yeah. and or park their vehicles in our oceans and or drag race with our military aircrafts in secret. It would explain a lot of strange behavior from all of you. Yeah. <laughs> from every single person. That's right. Um, am I an alien? <laughs> Is that why I keep binge eating burritos? Mm, that's normal. That's pretty normal. I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we don't hear from them formally because they're on the down low, but there are some other theories, a lot of them. Uh, some are as simple as they're ignoring us. I mean... Oh, that's actually the yeah. best theory I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. I like how we have all of these movies about aliens coming down and, like, oh. eating us and blowing us up and stuff. No. I don't think like they... they Swiping left or right, whatever the, the swipey thing is. <laughs> to, to quote Don Draper, <laughs> I don't think about you at all. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And some other theories are painfully realistic. Quote, some scientists believe that the age of the universe makes it unlikely for multiple intelligent civilizations to exist at the same time. Oh, that makes sense as well. Yeah. Which means we may have simply missed the aliens like passing ships in the night. End yeah. quote from Benjamin Taub. Yeah. Now, that's some heartbreaking poetic shit. But people are going to be people. And we want contact. God damn it. We need attention yeah so, oh yeah we really do <laughs> so looking at you america <laughs> yes i'm kidding i'm being very confrontational today it's okay it's okay it's, it's been a tough tough day here in the states yeah <laughs> oh lord uh. yeah uh, so join me will you in a land where i think there's already enough bonkers creatures bonker bonkers creatures bonkers creatures <laughs> writing it it sounded normal but saying it out loud it doesn't sound normal <laughs> sounds kind of amazing okay <laughs> Join me in a land where they have enough creatures that'll kill you, and we definitely don't need more. Please join me in Australia. Good old Australia! That's right. It was here the most recent studies into extraterrestrial life took place. They're so new, they're still awaiting peer review. But wow. please, yes, please join me at the Murchison Widefield Array, mm. a multi-million dollar international low-frequency telescope in Australia. You know, of all of the humans yeah. that I'm aware of on the planet, I feel like Australians would be the best equipped oh, to yeah. handle aliens. 110%. They, they live yeah. with plate-sized spiders. Yep. Mm -hmm. They drink a lot and have fun in a non-sad <laughs> way. That's right. It's impressive. They love to travel. They travel in groups. They always try. Oh, this My is the best thing about Australians. <laughs> They come to comedy clubs in groups yeah. and they laugh the entire time without being rude. And they get the right amount of drunk where everything is fun, yeah. but they're not assholes. Mm. So keep it up, Australia. That's keep right. coming to my comedy shows because right. I'm all about it. Space and comedy shows. Amazing. Amazing. You're perfect. Have got keep doing this. it. Keep doing it. High five. Don't change. Please. All right, so where is this telescope? Don't worry, I got you. Uh, please imagine the land down under. You got it. Now point to its center. Okay. Now move your finger all the way west until you nearly hit that west coast, and voila. You're here at MWA, not to be confused with the rap group NWA. Fair. 
both are just 500 miles north of Perth. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> specifying. Uh, Dr. Marissa, according to the website, mwatelescope.org, tell us a little bit about this awesome fucking gadget. Nothing would make me happier. All right, quote, the Murchison Wide Field Array or MWA is a low frequency radio telescope in Western Australia. The front end of the MWA consists of 4,096 spider-like antenna mm-hmm. antennas arranged in 256 regular grids called tiles spread over several kilometers with the Murchison Radio Astronomy Observatory. I'm going to pause right yeah. here and, and just kind of absorb what I just said. Sure. So basically, it's like a bunch of tiles, mm-hmm. these sort of pieces uh, with antennas. So it's like a super telescope. Yeah, we're actually going to see a photo. And Oh my gosh, yeah, okay. Because yeah. I am, it my is... brain is like trying so hard yes. to like make this work in my head yeah it's it's uh, it is unlike any other air quotes telescope we've seen before and i've got photos because it's super cool incredible yeah. incredible okay continuing the quote the back end of the telescope is an online platform the mwa has been developed in an international collaboration by, by oh by an international <laughs> <laughs> by an international collaboration including partners from Australia, New Zealand, Japan, China, India, Canada, and the United States. Um, I don't know why I just sang that. Um, The telescope is maintained and remotely operated by a small team based at uh, the Curtin Institute of Radio Astronomy. End quote. Boom. Boom. So this thing is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I gotta see it. Yeah, this thing is cool as fuck. And when I say think of a telescope, you're probably thinking of a massive telescope, right? Ye like old. a big tube situation. Exactly. Now, yeah. this is a radio telescope with the incredible ability to send out, and in this case, and well, in, in case of in, in the case of these studies, receive signals from deep within the bowels of our galaxy. And we're gonna get into it. Amazing. But first. Let's take a look at these spider-like antennas. Yes, um, please. Yeah, I think it's totally fitting for Australia. You ready? Yes. Okay. And all photos uh, we talk about today will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by. Come on by. This is not even at all (laughs) (laughs) what I expected. Um, This is insane. Okay, so I'm going to focus on one of the tiles and try to describe it. Yeah. So, if you've ever played the game Jax, oh yeah, um, that's a great comparison. I don't know if the, if the I, kids these days have played with it. It's such an old game. It was old even when I was a kid, and my mom yeah. was like, "We used to play this," and I I played it too. But it was like Jax are these little tiny balls that have these little spikes coming out of them, and I won't explain how to play the game because that'll take five thousand years. <laughs> But it's like, imagine if you had several jacks and you arrange them in the shape of a square. And um, now imagine uh, that arrangement um, inflated quite a bit because these look kind of big and uh, placed in what looks like the desert of Australia. Yeah. And you've got it. And they also kind of look like a little Spider pods from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm using 
100% the wrong description, but when you see it, you're going to be like, yeah, they are the flying things. The flying things, yeah. And yeah, to me, they totally look like those jacks you were talking about. Yeah, and they do they're look, silver as well. Yeah, and, they, and these do look like little silver spiders from space. It's they really weird. They totally <laughs> look like, I mean, they look like they should be flying through space and being driven by aliens. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like... 16 or 12 of them on this little patch of ground and there's 256 of these groups to spread out and uh, this is what it looks like from a distance oh that's so cool right (laughs) it's so cool it looks like a crop circle type of situation yeah it's like imagine this giant patch of empty desert and then imagine like little groupings of these in little square shapes almost like a big checkerboard but Mm. they're a little bit more spread out yeah and there's quite a few of these little pods um i'm not gonna i want to say like 20 um off the top did you just say the number and i already forgot it uh so there's 256 of these squares there you go that's the number big old fucking chessboard yeah this is a serious project my friends this thing is heavy duty and some researchers chinoa trembley danny price stephen tingey uh, Tinge got their hands on it for four particular studies. Oh. Now, for the first three, they aimed this puppy at the galactic center, the GC of our Milky Way. Oh, la la. They also pointed it at the Orion molecular cloud and the Vela supernova, supernova remnant. Supernova. <laughs> supernova. Supernova. <laughs> Basically, some really old shit. Uh, lastly, for the big finish, the fourth study, they pointed it back at the GC, scanning a huge portion all in hopes of picking up some radio signals. Ah. Now, Dr. Marissa, please tell us why radio and why are we listening to the center of our galaxy? Let's talk about it. All right. From LiveScience.com, quote, On Earth, low-frequency radio signals like those used by FM radio are, u- are a ubiquitous choice for communications, uh, write the authors of the study. In order to produce such a signal, an alien civilization would only need to be able to build a big dish. The galactic center is a prime target in the search for extraterrestrial life as the line of sight towards the GC has the largest integrated count of galactic stars for any direction. Hey. So this is like the perfect place. There you go. Uh, furthermore, the fraction of stars with habitable, habitable, habitable planet, nailed it, nailed it um, is greatest in the inner regions of the galaxy, all of which points to the GC as the most likely home for alien life, end quote. So, yeah, long story short, mm-hmm. these... Jacks. Yeah, that's right. Point to the perfect place in the uterus. In the, in in the, the uterus. uterus. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yes, okay. End of day. podcast. <laughs> that kind of week. Um, we're done. That kind of week in it's the that states. That kind of week mm-hmm. here. Uh, it's on my mind. All right, but uh, it's it's they they spent a lot of time thinking about where this would go and where it would point. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, My friends, after targeting 144 exoplanetary systems in the GC and conducting a blind survey of 3.3 million stars there, and after listening to 10.3 million other stars in the Vela Supernova remnant, drumroll please. Quote, no plausible techno signatures are detected. 
No from, techno signatures at none. all? Yep, and that is from the study, a search for techno signatures towards the galactic center at 150 megahertz. Uh, yeah. Nothing at all. No. And techno signatures, just what it sounds like, you know, that's basically communication signals. Fair. Yeah. So no signals. Now that's a rough result. It's a tough one. Yeah. But people are going to be people. And in the end, keep going. Yeah, you better with all of those things. <laughs> that's right. You got it. With all those space spiders. Yeah. Space spiders, yes. Quote, 10 million stars does seem like a lot. However, our best evaluation is that there are around 100 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. So we only looked at about 0.001% of our galaxy. Doctor, oh, yeah, Dr. Chinoa Trembley of the Astronomy and Space Science Division of the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization no. said, <laughs> to, <laughs> said to an adorable site called kidnews.com.au. Well, that sounds like the best site I've ever yeah, heard. it's really cute. It's probably really smart, too. It was, it was a great site. Oh, I, amazing. I, check it out. Check it out. Uh, so, kids, never give up. Or don't even try. Take your pick. I don't yeah, care. One or the other. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. But for this particular study, we were listening, right? Yeah. But after the break, we're taking the initiative and we're about to send some DMs. Fuck yeah. That's right. So what are we yelling into the void? Mm. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends... A lot of crazy shit happened in the 1970s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> uh, there were serial killers, yeah. bell-bottom pants, mm -hmm. and we sent an interstellar radio message to globular star cluster M13. That is so 70s. That's so 70s. That's so 70s. The most 70s shit. The globular star, star cluster? That, that was named in the 70s. For, that sounds like a David Bowie outfit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what the fuck did I just say? No worries. I got you. First, that star cluster called M13 uh, is a huge expanse of our Milky Way, home to several hundred thousand stars in the constellation Hercules. Oh, la la. Fancy, fancy. <laughs> and that interstellar radio message, well, it was designed by Frank Drake of Cornell University, back in 1974, and it was sent from the Arecibo Radio Telescope in Puerto Rico, and thus it was dubbed the Arecibo Message. Uh -huh -huh -huh. Now, Dr. Marissa, I thought we could tag team explaining the significance of this message and break down what that message contained. What do you say? Fuck yeah. Fuck let's yeah. <laughs> do it, because I'm really clueless about <laughs> a lot of what you just said. <laughs> So our source is, of course, our groovy fr friend, Wikipedia. Fuck yeah, Wikipedia. So please, Dr. Marissa, take it away. Let's do it. All right, quote, The message was meant more as a demonstration of human technological achievement than a serious attempt to enter into a conversation with possible extraterrestrials. Because cluster N13 is more than 25,000 light years from Earth, the message traveling at approximately the speed of light, um, not to brag, will take <laughs> at, at least 25,000 years to arrive there. Uh, uh, by the time the core of M13 
by that time, the core of M13 will no longer be in precisely the same location because of the orbit of the star cluster around the galactic center. Even so, the proper motion of M13 is small, so the message will still arrive near the center of the cluster. Look at that. Mm -hmm. The entire message consisted of 1,679 binary digits and encoded seven sections. Now, when when correctly translated into graphics, characters, and spaces, they formed the image seen here. Oh. Uh, so, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see this very 1974 digital image? <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I'm so pumped to see whatever this is. Uh, so please tell me what you see, the colors. Uh, of course, this will be on our social media stuffs as well. So please come on by and take a look at one of humanity's greatest achievements. Amazing. So you ready? <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, Okay, imagine Tetris. (laughs) Yes! Oh my god! Yes! Imagine Tetris. Now imagine Tetris, um, the Tetris shapes and the black background. Uh, Imagine you could use them to place anywhere to make a picture. So basically, you're using little you know, cubes Mm -hmm. and, uh, and rectangles to make a picture. And this picture, I don't really understand. Yeah. Um, from what I can make of it, it does look like there there are a lot of things in this picture, mm-hmm. but part of it looks like a body without a head. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like there's a cloud instead of a head, as well as a long pole yeah. <laughs> instead of a yeah. head. Yeah. And and I, I have to note, because uh, I, I really don't know what this is, the, uh, there are a lot of different colored um, cubes going yep. on here. And I can also see the letter M. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what they were going for, <laughs> but I can see the letter M and yeah. headless person. There Those things are clear. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we've got several colors, white, purple, green, red, blue. Uh, yeah. And it looks like a goddamn mess, but we're going to, we're going to talk about it. We're yeah. going to talk about it. I tried turning my head to see if it, like, said something. And um, it didn't to me. <coughs> so nervous it's making me. Yeah. It didn't to me. Yeah. Is there Morse code? Yeah. We should, we should, we should talk about it. Let's okay, break it down. Okay, okay, yeah. So now each of these colors represents a section of the message, uh, which we'll get into in a minute. But... Everyone, please, y'all should know the binary transmission carried no color information. This color coding is just a helpful visual to look at each separate section. Okay, so so it's more for us. Yeah, exactly. The color. Exactly. Which makes it more confusing probably for an alien life. I know. (laughs) I'm not an alien, so I can't speak to how they would feel about this, but it is a little confusing. So what the fuck was in each section? Okay, so white was the numbers 1 to 10. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I look again? Yeah. Hold on. Well, remember, it's in binary code. Oh, that's right. It's in code. Okay. There you go. Tell me more. Uh, Purple were the atomic numbers of the elements hydrogen, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, and phosphorus, which make up DNA. Uh, Green, the formulas of uh, the chemical compounds that make up the nucleotides of DNA. Uh, The estimated number of DNA nucleotides in the genome or the human genome, I should say, and a graphic of the double helix was white and blue. Oh, got it. I, 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 
Yeah. <laughs> Get this. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. The physical height of an average man. Okay. Blue and white. Okay. And a graphic figure of the man in red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without a head. Just we'll we'll oh, get okay, back to this. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, there's also the human population of Earth was numbered in white. Uh yellow was the graphic image of our solar system and finally purple, white and blue uh was the graphic of the Arecibo radio telescope and the dimensions of it. So that purple purplish thingy you saw yeah. that's supposed to be the the telescope the that telescope. It came from. Kind of kind of kind of. But um Let's get back to um, that really weird thing with the man. Yeah, I thought we should highlight I, that. We should definitely <laughs> talk about that. Um. So good, my friends. Shocking, but not so shocking. The fucking patriarchy, sexism, fragile masculinity, and a smidge of racism was embedded into the first message humans sent into space. Oh, so, and it's not like we can stop it. No. Uh, it's just out there. Sure is. So here's what I mean. Exactly. That red figure indicates the average height of an adult male in the United States Uh for some fucking reason. Okay. Uh, And the element to the right of the image indicates the size of the human population in 1974, uh, approximately 4.3 billion. So I guess we were mentioned in there too, question mark. Sort of. (laughs) Just a little bit. Or if you're an alien, you probably think there's 4.3 billion of these things. Yeah. I mean, of little red headless men. (laughs) I would be nervous. God. Anyway, that was slash is the message still traveling to the stars of M13. And since 1974, it has only gone 0.2% of the distance needed to get there. Okay. All right. Um, It's it's traveling at the speed of light and only went 0.2% of the way. It's just, I can't. That's, it's, it's so big. The universe is too big. I can't. I can't. Man. And y'all want to go? <laughs> it's, it's so big. It's so big and there's nothing to do. No. Unless you're a scientist. Yeah. Or an astronaut. And most of you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not. I like how you're we're scolding no one. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone listening is like, I'm dying to go to space. Or they are. Well, or good. they are. That's good. That's we are good. supportive. We're su- we are supportive. Yes. We just aren't. We won't be going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Support you from down here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, again, um, uh, as far as we know, no non-human has heard this message. But times have changed, kind of. Kinda. Kinda. Uh, Technology has definitely changed and is evolving leaps and bounds by the minute. And as such, a new message is in the works. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Marissa, would you like to tag team this one as well? Yes, 100%. So, uh, take it away. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. From iflscience.com, quote, dubbed the beacon in the galaxy, or B-I-T-G, message it's effectively a revamped version of the Arecibo message. The BITG message is just a hypothetical proposal so far, but it hopes to be a more advanced and more detailed successor mm-hmm. to the Arecibo message, mm. end quote. Yes. It sounds like when you send a, a stupid text and then you have to be like, Sorry. Yeah. Um, wait a second. <laughs> I spelled that wrong. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Here's what I really meant. Yeah. Um, Let me over-explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> so the BITG project is led by Jonathan Zhang 
an astrophysicist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in California. He told LiveScience.com, quote, we want to send a message in a bottle in the cosmic ocean to say, hey, we are here, even if we're not here some years later. Oh. End quote. So that's that's realistic, Jonathan. Yes. That is very <laughs> realistic. realistic. That's dark. Yes. Wow. Uh, this message would be beamed to a ring of stars a little closer, about 13,000 light years from the center of the Milky Way. Yeah. Uh, he told Live Science, quote, this region is thought to contain a number of planets in the habitable. Oh, you're right. That's a hard word. Habit- habitable? Habitable. Ha- habitable. I don't even know. You know when you say a Habitable, word yeah. too many times, you're like, I don't even know what this means anymore. <laughs> it's alien. It's alien. I don't know. So this region is thought to contain a number of planets in the habitable zones of their stars. If there are aliens, they are most likely to be here. End quote. So, okay, new mm. idea. Yeah. I think we should take a random piece of art. And just send it out there because we won't be here anymore. We can say anything we want. Yeah. And just like, you know, by the time they get back to us, we'll be gone. Yeah, totally. So I think we should send out something really funny, like an episode of The Simple Life. Yeah. Or, <laughs> um, or I just, can't think or of just anything Paris else. Body. Just the Paris Hilton's just body. Just a Paris Hilton picture from like 2001 <laughs> that's a no explanation no it's no nothing yeah in fact i think we should all google paris hilton 2001 save that image to our phone and text it to someone you haven't talked to in years <laughs> i think every, we all should do that yeah. right now i love i love this this is a good plan you I lo- like I, it i like this this I, yeah i love this i this is the new arecibo message i like it yeah, and, it's, it's and, doable. You're gonna get a reaction. Yeah, you know, aliens are gonna be like, "We gotta go. <laughs> we gotta see what this is. Yes. This is so weird. <laughs> what does this mean? Photos without context. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Perfect In, plan. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. I'm end of podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Move over, astrophysicists. Go team. <laughs> Okay, so what are we planning on telling them? Oh, gosh. So, well, like you said, Dr. Marissa, the topics slash subject matter is pretty much the same as last time. I thought but, so. Yeah, but thanks to discoveries and technology since the boogieing 1970s, we can get way more precise. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Earth's location in the Milky Way is now identified by the space equivalent of landmarks, our friends, those globular... So it's just Glob- globular star clusters. Nailed it. God help me. Um, <laughs> quote, these spherical huddles of stars are bright and easily visible, and they have enough distinguishing features that they can act as useful signposts. End quote. From Stephanie Pappas of Live Science. That is so cute. So visual landmarks. I, Brilliant. That's so, any, anyone can understand that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, we're right next to these things. <laughs> look for, hey, look for, you know, expressive globulars. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, and this is super cool, too. Uh, co designer Qin Shen Jin of the Hans University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands, they were like, yo, we figured out a way to put a timestamp on this message. So when it's received thousands to millions of years later, that life form can figure out when it was sent. Oh, cute. I love I it. It's really great. Aww. Okay, so brace yourself. This is how they figured it out. 
Um, quote, how do you convey time to an unknown alien civilization that might have a very different way of measuring time than earthlings do? Uh, Dr. Marissa, any ideas? <laughs> you just imploded. She imploded. I don't know. All I can think of is... Um... Hmm. Paris Hilton? Too- Paris Hilton. Yeah. That's all I can think of. <laughs> that's how I tell time. I totally agree. That's, that's I don't right. know. <laughs> how old is Paris Hilton? Uh, that, there you go. That there you tells go. time. So, uh, ooh, continuing the quote, by using the hydrogen atom. Oh! The- that's very cool. That's totally cool. Uh, the neutral hydrogen found in interstellar gas can enter a high energy state after collisions with other atoms or electrons. After about 10 million years, one of these high energy hydrogens undergoes a transition back to a lower energy state, an event called a spin flip transition. Amazing. It sounds like um, um, skateboarding. Exactly. It's a spin flip. <laughs> it's a total, yeah. Uh, this spin-flip transition provides a convenient universal unit of time for communicating how long after the Big Bang this message was sent. That's Unquote. the coolest yeah. thing ever. I like this message 10,000 times yeah. more. It's getting better. Than the other headless man. Yes. Headless white American, American man. man. <laughs> headless cis het white uh, uh-huh. American man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. So... Like you said, Dr. Marissa, it's, it's complicated but fucking witty at the same time. Very cool. So it's a great achievement. And my friends, hold on to your butts. Okay. Because they even included an additional gender in this message. That's oh! right. That's right. After deciphering the code and digitizing it, you should see this. Dr. Marissa. Wait, wait. Yeah. Before you show it to me, oh, I yeah. just imagined. Uh-huh. Okay, I imagined the same stick figure man yeah. and then another stick figure person who looks the same but with stick figure boobs like really big circles is I, it that I, <laughs> is it that is it that you're you're yep so let's take a look <laughs> dr marissa who do you see in this photo I can't tell if this this looks more 70s than the other one. It does. Um, it really, really does. Okay, so what I see is... But in a is, good way. In a, it's kind of hilarious. Um, so I, I am seeing a um, another kind of stick figure made up of... Um, an image made up of sort of cubes. Pixels? Pixels. Pixels, mm-hmm. that's the word I was looking for. It's, it's a purple background, yellow pixels, and they are in the shape of a traditional, Mm -hmm. naked, uh, cisgender man Mm -hmm. and a traditional, naked, cisgender woman who doesn't have body hair. (laughs) Neither of them do. (laughs) Uh, They're very waxed. For this, Im- they they got waxed for space. They got waxed for space. Um, Put it on hashtag toad. <laughs> waxed <laughs> for hashtag, space. Hashtag ready. Waxed for space. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> this is so funny. But oh yeah, and then, and then there's also it looks like a, a few other symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I you see DNA pretty clearly. You see there's DNA. Got like there looks like a solar system. 
Yeah, but there's two very waxed naked people. And they're waving. I forgot to mention that. They're both waving and smiling. Um, Hey. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, I mean, look, I'm not certain anyone wants an unsolicited dick pic from Earth because this is kind of what it is. What this is? (laughs) You can see see, um, a penis in this picture. Uh, But on the other hand... You know, what can I say? If you want to get anyone's attention, just stick some boobs on it. So Yeah, there are boobs. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it'll work. That's the end of my notes. I, I <laughs> That's mean, how I ended. If someone sent me this picture, it would get my attention. Yeah. I'd be like, what, what the fuck? What are, what are you going through? Whoever sent this? What's going on? Oh, um, this man. is the best thing in the world. Yeah. Amazing. It's so fucking great. So, thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. Thank you. Uh, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about um, the naked folks we're sending into space. Yeah. And, and, we're, and whoever poor soul is going to get it. So. Yeah. Hashtag waxed for space. Hashtag waxed for space. Let's, Let's make it, it happen yeah. on the Twitter. Uh, and please stay interesting. Please, please do.